Holy shit, did he just kill a guy with a door? Hey, what is going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to Gizmo's Corner. Yeah, I got a whole lot of information to drop on you guys. I wanted to get this out earlier, but uh, yeah, I've been on vacation, so I've been traveling and whatnot, doing some stuff and keeping busy, so haven't had time to do this until now. I'm sure most of you probably have heard a lot of this news already, but yeah, maybe there's something you missed out on that I can uh, share with you. So uh, D23 happened this past weekend, and we got a whole ton of information dropped there. We got Star Wars, we got Marvel, we've got Disney Plus, what's going on with Phase 4, you know, just a whole bunch of goodies to talk about. So with that being said, when we have a ton of information or news that comes out like this, uh, it's... It kind of sucks that I, you know, I do these episodes weekly. So with all this stuff that is released for us, I'm probably going to try to do two episodes a week now. I'm, uh, I'm going to do the normal, you know, whether it's Cinemascapes or Yo Buddy or the Episodics. I'll still deliver one of those a week. But along with that, I'm going to try to do a little bit of like a quick news flash. It'll probably be like a 20 minute half hour long episode uh just to just to deliver this information because it's going to kind of suck when this stuff comes out and i am trying to put together an episode where i can schedule a guest to be on to talk about something and by the time it happens and i get everything put together the news is already old and it's either i miss out on telling you guys about it or talking to you guys about it it's just too late and you guys don't care. So uh, I'm going to try to do, possibly try to do at least two episodes a week now going forward. Uh, it might be the normal Cinemascapes weekly or, you know, Yo Buddy, the episodics, or we'll do every other week where I do like a news episode, depending on how much information is dropped on us each, you know, week to week. There's, there's some weeks where there's nothing that comes out so it can wait. But uh, yeah, just want to give you guys a heads up with that. And uh by the way, I saw Brightburn. I just watched that the other night, and I wanted to, you know, give my opinion on that. I'll do that towards the end. So D23 just happened, and Disney, again, unloaded quite a few things. We've got three new series connected to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We've got She-Hulk, Ms. Marvel, and Moon Knight. Of the three, I'm most excited about Moon Knight. I think a lot of people have been wanting this for a very long time. There were rumors back in the 2000s when i say 2000s i mean single you know 2006 2007 they were talking about doing a series and then further on down the road on netflix there was a whole bunch of you know talk about moon knight being made into a, a series along with like the daredevil jessica jones luke cage etc but now since netflix no longer has uh those tv shows which is fine disney plus is now creating its own moon knight series which i'm ver very very excited for uh if anyone doesn't know a whole lot about moon knight he's one of my favorite comic book characters probably my top five favorites more or less he's a an he's marvel's version of batman he's usually compared that way described that way his origin he is mark specter is his alias he was a mercenary and he went on one of his tours, he did a job out in Egypt where he fought somebody and they practically, you know, killed him. They left him for dead in the freezing desert. The people of Egypt 
found him and they brought him back to a temple. I don't remember the god's name, but they brought him to the temple of that god, whereas the god then used Mark Spector's body as a vessel, more or less like kind of possessing him. But with that, he was granted, you know, um, a certain level of power based on the moon's eclipse or lunar state. So depending on like if it's a full moon, Moon Knight has like full power, Uh, you know, just an example. Uh, he also fights with uh, gadgets, very wealthy. Actually, when he leaves Egypt and comes back to America, he invests all of his mercenary money and he ends up becoming a multimillionaire, hence the comparison to Bruce Wayne Batman. With that, he also creates a few different personas. He changes his name from Mark Spector and takes on the persona of uh, Stephen Grant, who's he's pretty much like an entrepreneur, and he grows you know, a huge estate off of that. He also creates the alias of Jake Lockley, uses that alias as a taxi driver so he can drive around the city at night and um, look for crime. As the as the comic book series goes on, this is actually my favorite part of the the lore of Moon Knight. The these, these are like the most recent series of comics where Moon Knight actually goes through like an identity crisis or he has a um, you know, multiple personality disorder. So he doesn't know if he's actually Mark Spector or John Lockley, et cetera, or if he's the Moon Knight. He doesn't know who he is. So he's battling between these different, more or less alternate realities. He keeps jumping in between. I mean, overall, that's just a quick summary of his origin and who he is. And, you know, right now he's a schizophrenic pretty much, which is, it, it was an awesome series. If you guys haven't read that series, I highly recommend checking it out. With that, though, it's that would actually be an interesting storyline to introduce into the MCU or the Disney Plus series, where you, it, it was introduced, you know, in Avengers with the snap, but more introduced in Spider-Man Far From Home. And we will be getting a little bit more into Spider-Man later on in this episode. In Spider-Man Far From Home, when you know you get Mysterio saying he's from a different time or time, space, planet, universe, multiverse, this would be interesting if they incorporated that with Mark Spector somehow, where he it wasn't that he created these multiple personalities, but his mind is actually jumping in between these different realities in the multiverse. So there is a John Lockley in one universe and then Mark Spector is in another universe, but then he keeps bouncing back and forth between these different personas. I think that would be a pretty cool way of them to do this character in this series. All right, so going into She-Hulk, I don't know a whole lot about She-Hulk. From what I remember from the, not the comics, but the there used to be an Avengers animated series and Fantastic Four animated series back in the day. And I'm pretty sure she plays like, uh, she's her character is a lawyer and uh, her origin, if I'm not mistaken, she was uh, the cousin of Bruce Banner and something happened to her where she needed a blood transfusion and she used Bruce Banner's blood. And with that, the radiation that was in his blood went into hers where she ended up, I'll say mutating. She ended up mutating into this giant green woman. Where she differentiates from the Hulk and Bruce Banner is she never looks normal. She's always green. So it's not like she's a normal person and then she gets angry and turns green like the Hulk does. She's just constantly green and she's super strong and she's very smart. Uh, pretty cool character. Like I said, I don't know a whole lot about her, but uh, it'd be interesting to see a series based on her. I'm curious if they'll do practical effects on the greenness or if they're going to do like CG 
like they've been doing with uh, the Hulk. Ms. Marvel, another character I don't know a whole lot about. I'm pretty sure she's a more recently created character. By recently, I would I mean within like the past 15, 20 years. Uh, what I've heard about her is it's uh, Kamala Khan, and she is uh, one of the youngest superheroes in comics. She took on the persona of Ms. Marvel because she highly idolizes Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers. Uh, she also has an admiration for Spider-Man, a.k.a. Peter Parker, because he was one of the youngest superheroes, so she really admired the fact that he was a, a teenager fighting crime. And she said, you know, if he can do it, I can do it. Her, her powers, I'm pretty sure she's, like, elastic, so she's, like, very stretchy. I don't know if she... Uh, again, I don't know a whole lot about her. But, uh, yeah, you know, I'm I'm more or less intrigued to see these shows and movies with these characters I don't know a whole lot about. Because, I mean, what else does Marvel really have at this point other than X-Men and Fantastic Four? Which, I mean, we've already seen live action versions of these movies, but not under the Marvel brand. But they don't really have a whole lot of mainstream characters that they can dive into. So it seems like they kind of are going into this, uh, not so much bottom of the barrel, but they are pulling these characters out that we don't really know a whole lot about. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm intrigued by a lot of this stuff. Disney also released a trailer for the What If series that's going to be on Disney+. Plus. That's going to be the animated series. Again, this comes from the comic books. Uh, this is one of my favorite comic lines back in the day as a kid, where they did a What If series. Each issue was, it, it was like an anthology. It revolved around a different character from the Marvel Universe. The first issue I had was, what if the Silver Surfer controlled the Infinity Gauntlet? Pretty much the Silver Surfer would have made peace in the universe if he had it. Uh, but a lot of the issues were like that. Like, what if uh, Steve Rogers wasn't given the Super Soldier Serum? What if Gwen Stacy was bit by the spider instead of Peter Parker? What if the Hulk killed Wolverine or... What if the Hulk or what if Wolverine killed Spider-Man? There's a ton of these stories that are out there. Uh, one of the things I'm most excited about on the Disney Plus series, because I loved that line of uh, comics back in the day. It was a lot of fun. So the trailer that they released, what if Peggy Carter was given the super soldier serum instead of Steve Rogers? Well, she would become Captain Britain, according <laughs> according to this uh, this trailer. Uh, it, it hasn't been released to the public yet. This is just like hearsay. Um, you know, secondhand information. But yeah, looking forward to that. I'm, I'm curious to see what other storylines they're going to pick up on for that series. We also got a little bit more of a look at WandaVision, what that's going to entail. This has got me a little, uh, little worried. Going to be, going to be a little honest here. Got me a little worried. I, I mean, I, now I kind of understand why the title is called WandaVision. So this is going to be Disney's or uh, the MCU's first sitcom in the marvel cinematic universe yeah i i mean, I, don't, I don't know how to feel about it so that there i guess there's gonna be like laugh tracks um you know the three camera angle we, we i gotta wait and see gotta wait and see what it's like I, I can't really judge it based off that right now it's a it's a little unnerving hearing that but it's supposed to it kind of sounds like uh, they're taking uh, the idea of House of M, where the Scarlet Witch uh, makes her own reality and changes a lot of things. I'm wondering, like, in the the universe after, uh, you know, we lose Vision in Infinity War, this is when Scarlet Witch kind of just snaps and breaks and creates her own reality. And she views it as being like a, almost like a Brady Bunch, we could say, or... Uh, 
Uh, anything like that, like a family comedy. But that's going to be interesting, too, because since this is supposed to tie into Doctor Strange in the madness of the multiverse, you know, is it that she gets so locked into this reality where uh, Doctor Strange now has to go in and save her or bring her out of it, snap her out of it? You know, it could be interesting. So, like, I'm not counting it out just yet. It does have me a little bit worried with the simple fact that uh, it is being presented as a sitcom. Also, something else that gets me a little worried is that they're bringing back Kat Dennings and Randall Park. Uh, Kat Dennings was the annoying sidekick to Natalie Portman in Thor and Thor the Dark World. Really annoying mousy girl. I couldn't stand her. So hearing that they're bringing Natalie Portman back for Thor 4 and now they're bringing Kat Dennings back. (laughs) I'm just like, what the fuck ever? Stop bringing these annoying people back. Bring back cooler people. Uh, Randall Park, he was in Ant-Man 2. I don't I don't really have any issue with him. I thought he was fine. A lot of people seem to dislike him in Ant-Man and the Wasp. I thought he was completely cool. Um, little, I get a little over the cop, a little over the top kind of comic booky, but I, I didn't I didn't dislike him. So we also had some casting news getting away from Disney Plus now. We're gonna go into the Marvel Cinematic Universe with the movies. We've got uh, the new Black Widow poster was released or the first Black Widow poster was released, I should say. And that shows uh, all majority of the characters we're going to be getting. We're going to be, you know, it shows uh, characters from the uh, Black Widow organization. I guess they just released that uh, Florence Pugh is a uh, cast in this movie playing Scarlett Johansson's sister in this. Uh, Florence Pugh, if you haven't seen Fighting With My Family, the movie uh, revolving around the wrestler Paige, that movie was really good. I highly recommend it. Definitely check that movie out. But the girl that plays Paige in that movie is... Uh, Florence Pugh, and she's going to be playing the sister of Black Widow. So I'm really intrigued by that. I like that girl as an actress. Uh, I thought she was really good in fighting with my family. So I'm excited to see that. Uh, Black Widow, you know, it's still not one of my most anticipated movies. I've never wanted a Black Widow movie. But again, we'll see what happens. Maybe I'll like it. Who knows? Um, The movie is supposed to be taking place after Civil War. Uh, directly after it follows the events of Natasha after she goes on the run uh, after helping Steve Rogers and Bucky out. It's it's interesting that they're choosing that timeline and not the time in between Infinity War and Endgame. But at the same time, we I don't think we really need to see the time that happened in between Infinity War and Endgame. So just forget that. Seeing what happens with these characters now would be, you know, in between Civil War and Infinity War, that's interesting. So I'm glad they're going with that. So we have another casting announcement for The Eternals, which is Jon Snow, a.k.a. Kit Harington, uh, was cast as Black Knight in The Eternals. Uh, that's great. I I don't know anything about Black Knight. Um, you know, we have two people from Game of Thrones going to be in this movie now. I mean, that's cool. Yeah. I know a lot of people were saying... They thought he was going to be playing Wolverine, I guess. Him and Richard Madden were up for the discussion of playing Wolverine. I, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Um, my, my big question at this point, I'm not super excited for the Eternals. Uh, I'm curious, you know, what, what you guys think about that. You know, is it is it actually, is it going to be good? Or is this going to be like, a, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy repeated where nobody knows this property at all? It's released, we all tune in and everybody loves it. Uh, or... Is this going to be a bomb? I mean, I think we're starting to get a little bit closer. We've starting to get a little bit closer, I think, to superhero f- fatigue, at least uh, Marvel fatigue. 
like I said before, we have gone through a lot of the main characters that everyone knows about. So is this going to be an area where we're getting the bottom of the barrel characters that not a lot of people know or are they really interested in? Is this where we start to see a downward spiral with the MCU? I mean, we did get Captain Marvel this year and it did well financially, but I did not like that movie. I know a lot of people that didn't like that movie and I I know a few people that liked it, you know, but uh, more than less, people weren't really a fan of it. So I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I guess the question is, when will this end? Uh, because it does have to end at some point. You know, they can keep trying to push these movies out as much as they want to. But at some point, it does have to end. You can't, you can't keep the universe going forever. I see what happens. So, oh, hey, Spider, um, Black Panther 2 was announced well, with no information other than Ryan Coogler will be returning as the director. It's going to be released in 2022. So we got three years to look forward to that. Uh, I did like the first one. And, uh, you know, I'm excited for the second one. I can't wait to see more Black Panther. Um, so earlier I said there's some information about Spider-Man. <laughs> He's gone. He's gone. <laughs> Yeah, Spider-Man, as of right now, is not going to continue his stay in the MCU. He has been pulled from Sony, uh, or pulled by Sony. They, uh, yep, they're taking him. They're just going to use him in his own movie. This, this, uh, I'm, I'm a little torn with. As much as I loved having Spider-Man in the MCU, I would love more to see a Spider-Man solo movie. We haven't really gotten that with the MCU. We had, uh, you know. Spider-Man Homecoming, where it was Spider-Man and the Avengers. Then we had Spider-Man Far From Home, where it was Spider-Man and the Avengers. I wanted to see a Spider-Man solo film. You know, like I said, I love Spider-Man in the MCU, but I, I, I want to see him by himself taking on his own rose gallery of villains. So, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of torn about this. Uh, Sony, obviously in the past, I said previously, uh, they shit the bed with Spider-Man multiple times with the Amazing Spider-Man series and the Sam Raimi series. I mean, the Sam Raimi series was good for its time, but it has not aged well. And the third one... Uh, Sony got a little too involved and ended up destroying a almost perfect trilogy uh, for the time. You know, they've had success with Venom and Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, but those are both accidents. I, I'll say that repeatedly. I'm, not, I'm never going to back down from saying those two movies were accidents. Venom was an accidental success based on the amount of money it made. Critically, uh, I think there's a split fan base with uh, Venom. There's a ton of people who hate it and a ton of people who love it. I'm one of the people that loved it. It's not a great movie at all, but I absolutely loved it. Uh, I, you know, I could be uh, saying that because I love Tom Hardy and Michelle Williams. Uh, I love the character of Venom. Uh, he's my fi- one of my favorite villains in comic book history, right after, you know, probably him and the Joker probably tied for number one, actually. And Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, they just made an, anim- an animated movie. <laughs> the fact that, I mean, they also had uh, Lord and Miller attached to that, so no wonder why that movie was as good as it was, because they had a good uh, team working on that movie. But it was there was no way they were planning that it was going to do as well as it did for an animated movie. You know, let's see, let's see what happens. I... I don't have a lot of faith in Sony with the Spider-Man property or live action properties. I know they're going to introduce Venom with Spider-Man at some point and that, you know, it'd be great. It would be great to see a crossover, but it's Sony. So I think they're going to fuck it up. But hey, let's see what happens when we get there. 
I'll try to be positive about it. So enough with enough with superheroes, enough with Marvel. I want to talk some Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars. We got the release of the Mandalorian trailer. And this trailer looks absolutely amazing. Uh, this is one of the first Star Wars properties that I have been totally excited about. Any of the movies that have been released, I was excited for Force Awakens. I saw that and then, you know, it was a remake of A New Hope. You know, Rogue One, it was cool. I liked Rogue One. It was a different take on Star Wars. I wasn't excited about it, but I saw it and I liked it. Last Jedi, uh, no excitement for me at all whatsoever with the previous two movies. I went and saw it. I didn't like it. I did not like The Last Jedi. Solo, I still haven't seen. I've lost I've lost all interest in Star Wars at this point. I'm a Star Wars fan, but you know, I'm I'm not a I'm not a big Star Wars fanatic though. Like there's people out there they can tell you what system Yoda lives on or what planet he lives on. I don't know that. They can tell you what planet that casino is on. They they can tell you there's so much backstory and so much lore to Star Wars that I don't know any of it. Like I know the basic stuff. I can tell you who Boba Fett is. I can tell you who Yoda is. I I can tell you who the characters are and what happened to them in the movies, but I, I can't tell you a whole lot past that. So Star Wars is a very sensitive area in the fandom just because uh, it's a little toxic. I'm not going to lie. I think uh, it's almost uh, it's almost like you can't really talk about Star Wars unless you know everything. But I'm going to talk about it because um, I don't give a fuck. So in the trailer, uh, you know, it opens up with the storms, the stormtrooper helmets on the pikes. That great opening scene. Uh, I thought that was really cool to like give you like a little insight as to what the series is all going to be about. Uh, a couple interesting things about this. You never actually see the character of the Mandalorian uh, take his helmet off, uh, show who he is. And I think that's how it's going to be throughout the entire series. I don't think we're actually ever going to see Pedro Pascal. Uh, we're going to hear his voice and I'm sure he's in the suit, but I don't think we're actually going to see him, which would be fine. I'm, I'm totally okay with that. Um, if we do see him, you know, that's cool too. What's what's cool about this series as well, and I don't know if they're if Disney is going to be doing this with all of the series that they're releasing, including the MCU uh, series, but it, it's going to be released weekly, which I think is actually a very good idea. They're not going to be doing the entire episode released on one day and you can binge it. They're going to be releasing an episode a week. So one, I think that's good for us as people to keep us off the couch and off the TV so much in a long period of time, because honestly, it's really not good for you. I do it all the time, but still, it's not good for you. You should get up and do some stuff. Also, uh, it's going to keep you talking about the series. You're not going to watch the series. Uh, I'll use uh, The Boys for an example. It was a big topic of conversation for a couple of weeks, but the conversation died and nobody's really talking about it anymore, whereas if they had released an episode a week, people would still be talking about it. You know, that's eight weeks worth of people tuning in to watch this series. I think I think it's a, a very smart idea. It's it's uh, kind of going back to not going back to cable, but it is because you're not getting a chunk just dropped on you all at once. So it does suck if you're like a binger and you just want to watch it all at once and be done with it. But yeah, I, th I think this is going to be interesting and uh, pretty cool. So other scenes from this trailer, uh, we get the Carbonite. Uh, that was pretty sweet. Well, there's the scene with the door. I think that was absolutely amazing. Uh, his body movements, like this is supposed to be like a Western, but it is, a, he's a gunslinger. He's a, you know, he's a bounty hunter. He's a, you know, gun for hire. So, oh my God, that fucking scene. He just grabs the guy by the ankle, pulls him and then whips the gun outside, side shoots it from his hip and the door just closes right up on the guy. Oh, it's incredible. I can't, I'm so excited for this. I, you guys have no idea. Oh, sure you do. Uh, <laughs> 
you know, business strategy with the Mandalorian, I think this is pretty smart what, you know, they did. Originally, they were, they had planned to do a Obi-Wan movie and a Boba Fett movie. And then when Solo bombed, you know, they said, oh, you know what, we're not releasing these movies anymore. They pulled back, they took their time, thought about it, and they said, hey, we got Disney Plus coming. What if we do an Obi-Wan series and a Boba Fett series? But it's not actually Boba Fett because Boba Fett isn't actually a Mandalorian. He just has the Mandalorian armor. Um, remember, Boba Fett is a clone. And also, I mean, even with the Obi-Wan series, I think that I'm really intrigued by that because what happened to Obi-Wan after episode three and before episode four? You know, he was watching over Luke at one you know, through a long period of time. But what else was he doing? Who else was he interacting with? You know, there were points where in uh, New Hope where Obi-Wan says he's more machine than man now or something along those lines. So it's like, did Obi-Wan actually come face to face with Darth Vader again prior to, I'm sorry, did he come face to face with Darth Vader prior to his uh, face-to-face in New Hope? You know, that's something that's interesting. I would, you know, that would be cool to see him take on Darth Vader you know, in a younger state. And uh, from episode three to now, Ewan McGregor, he did get older. So I think it's perfect casting him again. Like there's no need to recast him. And if he's available to do it, absolutely. I'm I'm very excited for this series. Uh, when they talked about it as a movie, yeah, you know, okay. But as a series, I'm way more excited about this now. There's also rumors, um, you know, speaking of Darth Vader possibly being in this series is apparently Darth Maul had a little cameo in solo so i'm wondering if there's they were setting him up to be in the obi-wan series like he's after obi-wan for revenge of phantom menace you know after being cut in half uh that would be interesting i would love to see darth maul back i i think you know one thing star wars does is they take these cool characters and they uh man it's it's unsatisfying the movies that they're in unfortunately darth maul was you know best part of uh phantom menace yeah i mean that that's really all i got to say about star wars uh, again i'm not a i'm not a, fan, a huge fanatic on the series anymore but you know i'm excited for these i'm really looking forward to these a lot especially the mandalorian i i'm Boba Fett is my favorite character, so to see something along the lines of a Boba Fett bounty hunter character, oh my god, I almost forgot. IG-88 is a robotic bounty hunter, and I remember from the toys back in the day, I was like, this is the lamest toy. It's It's a fucking stick. But IG-88 is one of the coolest characters in Star Wars. He's just a robot, goes around hunting, he moves very quickly, he can... Him and, uh... Him and Boba Fett actually came face to face quite a few times. I know that much. They show an IG in the trailer, but it is not IG 88. I think uh, I heard somewhere it's like IG 11 or something. But uh, seeing him move around, oh, that was so cool too. Yeah, okay, I'm enough. I'm moving on now. Um, we got some Pixar stuff released. Uh, a trailer for Onward, which I'm, I'm pretty sure that came out a while back. Story of two elves who try to bring back their dead father. The voices include Tom Holland and Chris Pratt. There's another movie, Soul. This actually sounds interesting. This is with Jamie Foxx and Tina Fey. All right, so this is about a soul who is put into a body and lives for a day and then dies. And (laughs) right away, that sounds, it sounds pretty cool. Uh, He dies and uh, he had the taste of life, and now he has to. He wants to go back. He wants to go back to life. He needs to get back there. So uh, the character is voiced by Jamie Foxx, and then he meets Tina Fey, who uh, tries to help him <laughs> get back to Earth. I guess I don't know. See what happens with that. I'm I'm intrigued by the sound of that. 
We also got a, I guess they teased Cruella, live action Cruella DeVille movie with Emma Stone. I don't care. I'm done with the, I'm done with the live action Disney remakes. If it's, I'm just fucking done. Um, but Lady and the Tramp, Lady and the Tramp. So <laughs> Lady and the Tramp, uh, the poster was released. It's causing a little bit of an uproar. I don't understand why people are saying it looks silly. I the people were excited about the Lion King, but they're gonna give the Lady and the Tramp poster a hard time. I don't know what the whatever. <laughs> oh man, whatever. Ah uh, oh shit, there is a little bit more Star Wars news because we got the Star Wars Episode Nine trailer number two. I'm not gonna spend a whole lot of time on this again. I'm, you know, I'm not too excited for episode nine because I'm already getting a feel of uh, Return of the Jedi from it. Yeah, this new this new trilogy. I, I'm fuck this trilogy. Like honestly, it's it's ridiculous. Force Awakens was pretty much a remake, reimagining of A New Hope. Last Jedi, they fight on a white planet with adats. That's what the fuck ever. Uh, you know. Just like, fuck it. The, this one, yeah, of course they're going to show Rey in a black hood holding a red lightsaber because Luke shows up in Return of the Jedi wearing the black cloak because he was going through a little, you know, dark side crisis at that point. Um, they don't say that in the movie, but between Empire and Jedi, um, I'm pretty sure that there was a little storyline in between there where Luke started dabbling in the dark side. Um, most part, a lot of the strongest Jedis did dabble in the dark side. They just never went all the way. Uh, even Yoda. Now uh, you look at Yoda in episode two, when he fights Count Dooku, he's able to control force lightning, which force lightning uh, is a Sith trait, not a Jedi trait. But anyway, yeah. So, you know, Ray joins the dark side with a double nunchuck lightsaber. All right. So there's a, there's a lot of theories that this is a, a vision, uh, kind of like how Luke had when he was training with Yoda and he cuts off Darth Vader's head and he sees his face underneath the, the helmet. Uh, a lot of people are saying it's a vision. Uh, one of the best theories I heard is that this is a clone of uh, Rey and that uh, Rey herself is in fact a clone. She was made a clone with all these perfect traits from all these uh, Sith and Jedi. Uh, apparently there was a scene that was shot for episode seven, Force Awakens, where the opening scene was a hand floating through space and that was supposed to be Luke Skywalker's hand from when he had to cut off in Empire. And apparently, you know, with his hand floating around, they were able to collect the DNA from that hand so it is infused in Rey. So technically, yes, Rey, if this theory is correct, Rey is the uh, daughter uh, of Luke Skywalker, which Rise of the Skywalker would make sense. Maybe she's taking on like these different traits from all these Jedi and all these Sith where finally the Skywalker gene is the one that rises up above all these other traits. If, th if this is the case, you know, that's that again, that's probably the best theory I've heard so far about what's going on. But a lot of people are set on the fact that this is a vision of her uh, quest to become a powerful Jedi. But the clone clone idea like that, that seems pretty legit. How was she able to uh, use the force so quick? Um, how was she able to have all these visions, you know, uh, why is she so connected to the force unless, you know, the force wants her to, uh, maybe she's had too much metachlorine up her nose. You never know. You never know. Um, but Palpatine, Palpatine is back. Now, 
how they're going to bring Palpatine back is a little interesting because he is a Sith. I mean, as far as we know, he died in Return of the Jedi. Is he a Force ghost? No. Uh, as of right now, Sith, they cannot be a Force ghost. That is power or energy that only the Jedi have been able to use thus far. Uh, but you never know. Shit, maybe he's going to be the first Sith to do it. With how this series has been going, who knows? Maybe he never died? You know? Question mark? Probably not. I think he's dead, but we also thought Darth Maul was dead when he was cut in half and he fell down a shaft and, you know, he's in Solo. So my theory is that uh, Palpatine is dead. Uh, He's not a force ghost. It's going to be a hologram. Uh, I think that he left a recording uh, because... Not because he left a recording, kind of like how Leia did with uh, R2-D2. You know, it's going to be something along those lines. He did a little recording to leave for the clone that he created, which is Ray. And I don't remember the words exactly, but, you know, he says uh, uh, pretty much it's your time to rise or something like that. So maybe that's him saying to her, like, now you're ready to join the dark side or blah, blah, blah. That's my theory on Palpatine. We'll see what happens. That's coming out in December. Um, so that's pretty much it for all of the uh, uh, D23 announcements. All right, so uh, Brightburn. Uh, just, you know, I watched it the other night. This was one of my most anticipated movies of this year when I heard about it. And I didn't get to the theaters to see it. I was going through a lot of moving, and I didn't have time. I just didn't have time. Uh, so I finally watched it the other night. You know, overall, uh, I, I thought the movie was pretty good. I didn't, I don't have a lot of negative things to say about it. I have some negative things to say, but overall, I, I enjoyed it. Um, it, it does really rely on you knowing the Superman lore, where Superman came from, um, because they don't really dive too deep into this kid's, uh, his, his history. Like, uh, what planet did he come from? Uh, is he part of a, you know, race of aliens? Was his planet destroyed like Superman's? Um, they, they don't really dive too deep into detail about his actual backstory or origin. Just, you know, pretty much he landed on earth and then, so many years later, you know, he's a young, young kid and uh, he's learned about all these powers that he has. Um, I thought the kid that played him, uh, he was pretty good. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll say repeatedly, a lot of times, usually kids in these types of movies or in any movies, I, I think they can tend to be pretty annoying. He fell a little bit on the in between. There were some points where he was really good and then some points where he was kind of annoying. But overall, I, I liked him for what the character was. One of the things I did not, I disliked about this movie is they had a perfect opportunity to show you again, uh, a child's upbringing where it can be how they're treated and everything is what's going to cause them to be a certain way. This movie doesn't do that. When I first saw these trailers, I was like, oh man, okay. So this is going to be the tale of like Clark Kent growing up and like he's picked on, he's going to have like an abusive family or something. And like that he's just going to snap. And instead of using the powers for good, he uses them for evil. That's not the case at all. There's no, like he, he does get picked on a little bit, but that's not what causes him to be evil. He, he's just a dick pretty much. He, he gets possessed, I guess, uh, slight spoilers here. He gets possessed by his spaceship. It seems like he uh, sleepwalks out to the barn, finds a spaceship, and then like it starts talking to him 
or something, but that's that's what causes him to be evil, which I, I didn't like that at all. I, I absolutely I absolutely hated that that part. <laughs> um, it, it just made up for a, a, a terrible story, I thought. One thing I thought was cool, Brightburn, I, I was wondering what that meant exactly. It's the name of the town in the in the movie. Uh, so it's just like Smallville. Not much to say about it. Very cool nod to Superman there. Yeah, some of the other characters in this movie. The mother, Tori Breyer, uh, played by Elizabeth Banks. Her character disliked, disliked wholeheartedly, while as the father played by uh, David Denman, you might know him from The Office. Uh, he was Pam's ex-husband. He, he was fantastic in this movie. Oh, man. Probably my favorite part of the movie was him. Um, he plays straight up down-to-earth dad. He senses things are wrong, and he knows what he should do. Whereas uh, Elizabeth Banks' character, she's the more protective mother. We've been waiting for this blessing, and now we have it, and blah, blah, blah. Um, she's kind of annoying. You also had Matt Jones. Uh, he was... He's not very well known, I guess, but uh, he's one of those people like you see him, you know who he is, uh, but by name, eh, probably not. Uh, He plays the uncle or best friend. And when I first saw him, I was like, oh man, it's this fucking guy. But he was all right. Not too bad. I want to talk about the director of this movie too. Uh, David, you're... Yaroves, Yarov, I can't say the last name. David Yaroveski. He had a, a film that came out. I want to say two, three, maybe four years ago. It was called The Hive. Movie went under the radar, but damn, uh, that movie was pretty fun. It, I'm not saying that was a great movie at all, but it was different. Um, just about a summer camp with these kids, and then there's a plague, or a, it's not a zombie outbreak, but there's like a, a virus that goes around where all of, pretty much everyone becomes zombified, and they become part of this uh, greater being with this uh, infection that they have. And the movie was pretty cool. Uh, I highly recommend that one. Go check it out. Like, you're not going to see a masterpiece with that movie, but if you like, you know, fun horror sci-fi go check it out you might like it what he did here i mean this movie like i said this movie is good it, it, it's a lot of fun especially when you get to the ending of the movie what david yoroveski uh did with this i really appreciate it i thought the direction was really well done here you can tell he's someone that just likes to have fun on uh, on these movies and who better to have fun with than you know the gun family have fun like this on set because that's all that they're about too is uh just having fun and creating fun stories it was a reimagining, but it was so clever, so clever and well done. Overall, with all of that, oh, wait, 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 I want to talk about the ending. The ending, I was very satisfied with. How this ends is, uh, <laughs> it, before this came out, or before I saw this, and, you know, I was like, oh, man, how are they going to end this? Like, are they going to, are they going to kill a kid? Or are they going to, you know, change him? Is he going to be... You know what? What's gonna happen? Um, the way this this ends is, I think it's the perfect way to to end it. <laughs> and uh, this isn't really a spoiler. If you don't want to hear this, uh, tune out for uh, like a second. Yeah, fuck it. It, it. The movie's on Blu-ray. I'm I'm gonna spoil it right here. But it's not really a spoiler. It just has to do with like a a little post credits thing with uh, Michael Rooker. Uh, of course, it's a James Gunn movie, so Michael Rooker has to show up. Those two are like, you know, attached at the hip when it comes to these things. There's a there's a scene where Michael Rooker almost plays like an Alex Jones type character where he's saying like, we've got to do something about these uh, these supernatural, these super people. And like, uh, he's, you know, he's talking about Brightburn Kid. And then he brings up a picture of a humanoid from the deep and then he brings up a picture of a woman who strangles people with a lasso or a rope. 
And that was, it was cool little sh- uh, hints to like, you know, Aquaman and uh, Wonder Woman. Uh, then he has like this chart up behind him with like all these different images. So you got Brightburn, the Wonder Woman, the Aquaman character. And in the far left corner, this I thought was really cool. James Gunn drops a little Easter egg um, or reference to one of his previous films, Super. And uh, you see the, oh man, what was his name? The Crimson, the Crimson something. I, I thought that was pretty cool. Overall, guys, I gave this movie a, a six. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. There were a lot of things that turned me off to it. But, uh, you know, go check it out. I doubt it's going to be on Netflix. It doesn't seem like one of those movies that'll be streaming on Netflix. But, you know, uh, check it out. Rent it. I mean, if, if Redbox is still a thing, go, go Redbox it. If you want to buy it. Uh, to add to your collection, go buy it to add to your collection. I'm gonna eventually. All right, guys, I'm uh, I'm gonna call it a call it quits. Uh, thank you as always for tuning into Gizmo's Corner. Next time, tune in because we're gonna be doing that review for the New Mutants. All right, later.